Thanks for tuning in to Chronically Risk, your podcast for navigating life with chronic illness. So today I have one of my good friends, Danny Brown, here with me. Hello. Hello. All right, so she actually came over, so we're recording in much better conditions than the phone. Um, So we're hanging out today, and I wanted to talk to her and kind of share her story with you guys, or have her share her story um, about what she's kind of gone through in her life and her struggling with not necessarily like the same chronic illnesses I have, but just other conditions that, you know, other people struggle with, and I feel like it's just not talked about enough. And I feel like if we can talk about it and kind of open up and be honest, then more people will feel comfortable and we can just like keep continuing to build this little safe space for people to be like, I have these issues or I struggle with this. So let's start off. um, So Danny does massage and cupping and all the good stuff. She actually got me into the cupping and massage when I was kind of like in a bad place. And I feel like it's really helped me. So what kind of started your journey with helping others? Um, Wow. So growing up, um, when I was really young, my mom had colon cancer. And so watching her go through that at such a young age, like I was four, I think, when she was diagnosed. Mm -hmm. And so I think, I want to say before that too, I was just naturally like a helper. Like anytime someone needed something, I'd be like, what do I need to do? Yeah. And so when she was sick, I found myself helping her with her medications, with her Mm -hmm. cleaning stuff, and um, just like with her being in and out of the hospital after her surgeries. And that, I think, is when I first realized, like, this is how I receive, like, what's the word I'm looking for? (laughs) Like... That's how you show your love. That's how you... That's your love language. Exactly. Yeah. And so I was like, wow, this is great, and I love this. And um, it kind of just carried over. Like, I love taking care of people and showing that affection for others. And then I was like, you know what? Um, Honestly, I thought I wanted to do nursing for a while Mm -hmm. um, because of that. And hospitals freaked me out. (laughs) So I was like, I can't do that. (laughs) Um, And then I went into, like, high school, and I was always super into sports. And I thought athletic training was what I wanted to do. And so I went to college with that whole intention of, like, this is how I will do college, my career, I will work for this team, I will be successful, yada, yada, yada. Yeah. Um, and I, I love athletic training, but there came a point when I got so bored because I was like, you just stand around and you just watch other people play sports. Right, yeah. And I would much rather be playing the sports or helping people, and I just felt like I was waiting. And yeah. I'm very impatient. I'm like the most impatient person I know. And so I was like, let's do some like pre, like pre-injury stuff. Let's do some exercise. And yeah. So then I went. You just want to be busy. Yeah. Be and helping. Then I realized I needed to be more hands-on, because I was like, I can't just observe. I need to be touching or doing something. Yeah. Um, and then I got a massage once, and sports massage was an option. And so then I was mm-hmm. like, that's perfect. I still want to work with athletes. I still want to help people. And then once I started doing massage, it honestly was the most natural thing that I've ever done in my life. (laughs) I started school and I was like, thank God I took all those years of anatomy because that wasn't where I struggled. I was just like, this flows and learning the techniques and learning how to just like create peace in someone else Mm -hmm. was so fascinating to me. And like being able to have someone come in for a massage and then be like, I'm so sore, I'm stiff, I hurt, I'm in pain, and then watching them, like, get up off the table after and be like, wow, 
I can breathe again. Yeah. That is the most, like, that is why I do my job. I absolutely <laughs> love my job. If I could do my job without getting paid and still live a life, I would. And right. that's how I know I'm doing the right thing. And yeah. so that's kind of how I've helped people now. Yeah. And I definitely, so I know massages are usually pretty pricey. We talked about it because when I first, you know, Danny was like, come get a massage. Like, let's do this. Let's do that. I want to work on you. And I'm like, girl, I cannot be spending like $80 three times a week or whatever. Like I I need major help. I'm like, you do not know this body is just everywhere. I'll make it as cheap as I can for you. (laughs) Yeah. So Danny, bless her heart. She was like, We'll, we'll figure something out. Just come see me. Just come see me. So I did. And I literally, best massage ever. And I feel like that's so hard because you go to these places. People are like, oh, did you try massage? And it's like, go to Massage Envy. And you see some stranger who has no, <laughs> you're cringing. You're cringing. <laughs> they have no idea. They don't get that much background. I'm like, listen, I live with chronic illness. Like I have these issues. Yes. It's like a, ger- a generic massage. Like you go in there and they're just like, yeah, let me rub your back and... Like, tap your shoulders a few times and boom, you're done. And people are like, oh, my God, I love Massage Envy. I'm a member and blah, blah, blah. (laughs) And I'm just like, why? Like, it doesn't make sense to me. And maybe normal people, it's good for them. They just get, like, a little muscle rub and they're fine. But I feel like for people with chronic illness, when others, like, recommend massage, like, you really need to take the time to find someone who's going to, like, invest in your health. It 100% has to do with the therapist and client relationship and, like, understanding, like, what the client needs each time because it could be different every single time. Right. And just being able to be there for them and, like, being a place for them to reboot, honestly, and just, like, relax and to find that place of, like, okay, this is where I need to just, like, take a deep breath and... I don't know. It's it's more of a safe space, if anything. Right. Yeah. And that's what I that's what I feel when I like see you or I see Angelina who does the cupping. Like, I feel like I can go in there so vulnerable because I'm like comfortable with you guys. I'm like, listen, I've had a week from hell. Like, I'm like, let me lay down on the table like all my cards because this is what's going on. And you guys listen and take the time to really be like, okay, well maybe this is happening because of this, or like, where are you at on your menstrual cycle, or where you know, where's the pain coming from? Approach, and that's my biggest thing. Growing up, I always thought like, oh, if I was injured, like. I don't know what you go to the doctor and they're like, well, take some ibuprofen, yeah. ice it, rest it, and you know, whatever. I'm like, well, it's not even, it's muscular. So, like, you just need to, like, actually get body work done. And I found massage to be so helpful for so many different things. And you don't even realize, like, you stub your toe and then you start walking funny and then your knee hurts. And then because your knee's funny, your hips all <laughs> off. And then your hips off and now your shoulders are out. And then you're yes. like, oh, my neck hurts. And so you come in and you're like, my neck's sore. And I'm like, let's foundation up like, why what happened start at the feet work your way up yes like, there's just so much to it and it's so crazy how the body connects and like same thing with your digestive and like all your other aspects of your body still have to do with your body yeah and so by like not looking internally for stuff it just throws me off I don't know yeah like you just need no. to do western medicine is just <laughs> <laughs> take this try this it's fine yeah. um so speaking of digestive health so I have some IBS issues. I know you have some IBS we issues. We love the IBS. And 
it's a struggle. When I got to go, I got to go. <laughs> like, girl. And my husband, he's so hilarious because he knows. Like, he'll look at me and I'm, like, getting clammy. And he's like, we need to stop. <laughs> we need to stop. And I'm like, I love you so much. Thank oh you for understanding. Gosh. Like, I was just telling Danny we went camping and I literally had to have him pull off on the side of this highway. No rest stop, nothing. <laughs> like, I'm literally, like... Grab me the napkins in the center console. I'm gonna uh, ship my roll of toilet papers <laughs> in my car at all times. Yes, just for the record. Yes, so I mentally note where every <laughs> restroom is within like a ten mile radius. We schedule the stops. Oh gosh, do I feel you on that? My yes. like ex boyfriend one time was taking me. I asked for ice cream, and he was looked at his watch and said, "Well, I have to take you home in thirty minutes because <laughs> yep. that is your limit." And I was like. Oh, that's so sweet. You know that. <laughs> that's embarrassing, but it's so sweet. It's thanks, fine. It's thanks for understanding, <laughs> I think. I don't know. <laughs> yes. No, it's definitely like that. Like, there's certain foods that I definitely cannot do. Or sometimes it's just random. Yeah. Sometimes I'm like, it's oh, my God, I'm having such a great day. <laughs> and then I'm like, oh, my God, I need to go I home. I feel like my stomach will now. make a sound, and it's like a warning sign. And, and I'm like, like, oh, oh no, it's happening. <laughs> <laughs> there's no stopping you're that. like, uh, I got to go. Sorry, guys. Gotta yeah. go. But digestive cupping helps, I think. I, For me, at least. Yeah. It's helped a lot. And just knowing, like, what um, probiotics to take. And, like, if, it, if something isn't working for you, just trying something different. I started taking seed. It's, a, like, a probiotic and a prebiotic. Hmm. And it's, like, super natural. I'll have to share the, like, link with you. But that I think has helped me the most like I really? feel like I'm at my best and then like you know I decided to move and pick up my life and so I was like added stress that did yes help. but with with that aside it's been really good oh my for gosh a while. yes send it to me okay. I'll put it I'll link it on my Instagram <laughs> we'll get link, everyone on the seed we'll link it on the- <laughs> everyone will be on the seed it's the best um so tell me a little bit about I know you've had surgeries and you've had all kinds of fun stuff oh, yeah. And uh, it's been a journey for you. Yes. So not chronic illness, but as you mentioned, um, chronic life is what I would like to Yes, say. yes. <laughs> when I was – so actually speaking of digestive issues, that's how it came about. Okay. Um, and I think I was just a very high-stressed, like, child. And I think it honestly all stems from my mom being sick and passing when I was so young. Right. I was just, like, always stressed out, and I had this, like – innate anxiety in me and so I would just say I have a stomach ache and right because you don't like, know I would go to the nurse at school like almost every day to the <laughs> point where they were like you're fine like stop yeah then one time they took me to the school counselor instead <laughs> <laughs> I was in first grade but they knew like your mom just passed away but like anytime right. I think I maybe needed maybe that's when like, you're coping I just would give I would work myself up I would give right. myself a panic attack essentially Mm -hmm. like um so that just like carried over into my life so I just thought I always was supposed to have these stomach aches like anytime I would eat breakfast I would probably go to the bathroom like four times before I would leave for school yeah so like I wake up I go to the bathroom I go downstairs I eat breakfast I have to go to the bathroom I'm in the middle of getting ready I have to go again oh I'm about to leave for school one more time yeah that was like a normal thing for me right I have friends that are like I go to the bathroom like twice yeah. a day. <laughs> yeah. And by go that. to the bathroom, I mean, like, we're going poop, okay? But yeah. <laughs> I'm just, for, let the record state. And I was like, that's not normal. Like, and then throughout the day, like, I would say I actually probably go, like, ten times a day. Oh, my normally. gosh. 
And that's just And like, as a kid, you don't know. Yeah. And no one's in your no like, one I have a stomach me, ache. And they're like, oh. To poop they're like, you're fine. You're fine. And then, yeah, yeah you grow up so, and realize, oh, that's not normal. So I like, got to a point where I was like, no, I actually think something's wrong. Like, my stomach would just hurt all the time. And like, I say my stomach, but it was like, I was super bloated. Right. I was cr- like, and to be for the, also let the record show, I was 17 mm-hmm. and I had never started my period. Mm-hmm. So I was like, I'm cramping, like, hmm. but like nothing's <laughs> happening. What's so going like, on in there? Know. And my primary care doctor, mm, bless her heart, was like, <laughs> you're an athlete. You're f- like, you. well, you'll start when you start. And I was like. You're like, girl, I'm 17. <laughs> Listen, I'm not a gymnast training for the freaking we, Olympics. We're like, past late I play bloomer. volleyball for like an hour a day. Like, <laughs> what do you mean I'm an athlete? So I hadn't started my period, and I was working at this place in Scottsdale called Make Meaning. This doesn't exist anymore, so that's fine. But <laughs> I was talking with one of my coworkers about my stomach issues, and she was like, oh, have you tried birth control? And I'm over here like, uh, hello, I don't have I don't even blood, have a period. <laughs> so why would I do that? I was like, uh, yeah, I don't really know what that is for. Like, why would I do that? <laughs> so I go home, and I'm like, talking to my stepmom about it and she was like I mean what could we lose at this point like let's just let's just take you to the doctor and see what they say because she also I think was like why have you not started your period (laughs) um like almost a woman and there's uh, nothing happening exactly what's going on to be fair my dad remarried when I was eight and so my stepmom who is basically my mother um is wonderful and so she as much help as she could be because I was like I don't know most kids like ask their moms like when did right. you start your period? And she couldn't really, like, that wasn't helpful yeah. for me. Right. So she takes me to my gynecologist, her gynecologist, now my gynecologist. <laughs> and she tries to do a pap smear, like a simple, normal procedure on me. Right. And I kid you not, I wanted to scream bloody murder. I remember sitting in the chair, looking at my mom in the corner, and looking at her like, Ugh. get me the out of here I cannot absolutely can't and the doctor was like oh okay we're done like that's Uh, not not normal red alert red alert you're like straight up said to me I will never forget we were in the hallway and she goes there's something wrong with you but I'm going to figure it out (laughs) and in that moment I'm 17 years old in high school and I'm like I don't know whether to be like terrified right or like comforted by that statement like <laughs> you sure you got me wrong or with you? we're right. gonna figure it out so I think her initial thought was like there is a tumor blocking so she was asking me questions like do you ever feel like you have a period and I'm like how am I supposed to know what it if feels I've like never if I've had never had, had it she's like well are you cramping I'm like I don't know what a menstrual cramp feels like so no I don't yeah. think so I was like it's painful sure so she was like under the impression that I was getting my period and it just wasn't coming out okay and I'm like that sounds more awful <laughs> <laughs> yeah. just clogged up for oh years it's gosh. fine not a big deal right I was like how long has this been going on <laughs> so then they order an ultrasound and I go to get this ultrasound and I'm like I'm taking anatomy in high school and I'm like this is so cool like this is how people see their babies like yeah given I'd never done anything so I was like if if there's a baby inside his name is Jesus (laughs) yeah (laughs) there's no way and so I remember watching them do this ultrasound and the technician was getting super frustrated 
And I was like, what's happening? Was it a male or female? It was a female. Oh, and lucky. She was just, I give males every single time. She was time. huffing and puffing and like pressing and like ultrasound. You got to drink a lot of water for that. Right. Like uncomfortably. Yes. A lot of water. And so I'm like about to pee on this bed <laughs> for her. And she is just pressing down and she's going back and forth and she goes, well, and I'm like, okay, what's going on? <laughs> so then she calls in the doctor. My doctor comes in and she's like, oh, well, here's your left ovary. Here's your right ovary. And, mm, and that's all. <laughs> like, and wait. I was like, what do you mean? That's wait, it. hold on. Like, was Anatomy. Was supposed to be another one? I'm pretty sure there's, there's something another else, organ. Right? Are we missing one? <laughs> and so that was my first sign that I was born without my uterus. However, they can't diagnose you with that. So they go, sometimes these tests just aren't clear. And I was like, don't you use this test to every look at day. uteruses every day? Every single day. So I got an MRI, got my MRI back, and then she explained to me what MRKH was. To be honest with you, I can't even say. It's named after the four doctors that created it. Right, so something we're gonna, ridiculous. We're going to call it MRKH. It's like Meyer, Reekin, Toffin, something. Yes. I don't know. Anyways, <laughs> um, it is the absence of your uterus. So I was born not early either. Like I wasn't like a preemie. Right. Like I you was actually developed. two weeks late. Yes. Oh, so, so you were a full baby. I was a full baby. Yes. But when I was being, I don't know, grown in the womb, <laughs> my uterus never developed. And so with that, sometimes your kidneys don't develop either. So it's very common for people to have like kidney or renal right. problems. So after all of this and after they discovered, oh, you don't have a uterus, yeah. they were like, go get another ultrasound to make sure you have your kidneys. Right. And I'm like, should we just do a full yeah, body like, scan? Am I just missing a bunch of Am pieces? I missing a brain too? Like what's going on? <laughs> And that guy, I did have a guy for that ultrasound, and he was much nicer. And he goes, did they make you drink all the water? Go go to the bathroom. Like, I don't need you to be full. Because he wasn't oh, looking at so my nice. bladder. He yeah. was looking at my kidney. Anyways, that was dumb. But, yeah, I have my kidneys, so that's good. That's um, good. Don't have my uterus. And with that, the complication is the vaginal canal and the uterus grow well, – the uterus grows the vaginal canal. So, right. So, like, as you mature and grow, it kind of, like – the way I've always explained it to people is it's kind of like, hey, I'm the leader, follow me. Right. And so it will expand that tissue that is there for that so that as you're growing, it's growing with you, blah, blah, blah. Well, I have all of that tissue there and no one to show the way. So right. all of that tissue was condensed to oh. the surface of the vaginal canal. So I want to say, in some cases, girls, girls all have like, this is like one in every 5,000 women are born without a uterus. Oh, wow. Which is not as rare as it sounds. Right, yeah. It's actually pretty common. But you don't hear about it. No, no one talks about no. that. <laughs> right. Who talks about why that? Why would we share our personal, <laughs> disgusting, why would we weird, be with people? crazy stories with others? I just why? like shout it from the mountaintop. It's fine. No big deal. <laughs> Me too. vagina. <laughs> I'm like, it's That's fine. I, I shit it. myself on every car ride. It's, it's fine. fine. <laughs> We're fine. So We're open here. They... What they did, what they determined was I had about one inch depth in my vaginal canal. Mm -hmm. And so there is a procedure. There's multiple procedures. There's options. 
if I'm being completely honest, I don't remember having options. Like, I'm sure they were given to me. Right. However, I was still a minor. Yours, yeah. So I think the options were more given to my parents, and mm-hmm. they were like, which is best for your daughter? And, I mean, I'm going to say they didn't, like, question, like, oh, this is what, do you want to do this? It was like, this is what we think is in your best interest, and this mm-hmm. is how we're going to proceed. And I'm not, like, resentful towards that, but I'm yeah. like, maybe I could have had a say in it. Like, right. I don't remember That's hard. Told. That's hard when you're, like, underage. Like, you're a minor, and they feel like you don't. But yeah. then you're like, okay, I, well, what, what about when I'm 25 and I, like, want to... Right. And so I think my parents, like, God bless their hearts, they definitely made the right decision and I would have made the same. But I, I look back and I met all these women in this group after the fact and they're like, oh, I've been dilating for years trying to gain depth because right. that's one way to do it, mm-hmm. which is, oh, awful. That sounds painful. But it's actually, like, the most painful part of the whole process. Right. You basically are shoving plastic up your vagina right. to create Widen it. depth and length. Yeah. yeah. Depth is the same as width and length. Whatever. <laughs> Anyways, my procedure was a surgery where they took a like sphere marble ball thing, right. put it in the one inch that I had, went laparoscopically through my belly button, mm-hmm. down towards the marble, crisscrossed like spread the needle through the marble (laughs) came out both sides came back up and out my abdomen so like just below like right above my hips Mm. and then those wires like legit metal wires came out of my abdomen and like crisscrossed onto this box that sat just below my belly button kind of like on top of like my bikini line right and then that box had a screw in it Uh, And the doctor would come in every day. I was hospitalized for, like, two weeks, okay? On on a morphine drip, I don't really remember most of it. (laughs) If I'm being honest, I was... We were out the whole time. I was very out of it. Um, And then they would turn the screw every day. So it was was like a pulley system. Right. And it was slowly creating the vaginal canal with the tissue that I had in a way that I was saving the nerves. I was saving the... Everything about what it was was mm-hmm. still there. And so their theory was if they were to cut to create it, it mm-hmm. would ruin the nerve damage. Right. So well, yeah. Nothing Such would a sensitive. feel the same. Right. And it is very sensitive I'm area. Sure, I'm sure it is. <laughs> I would just like everyone to appreciate their uh, anatomy for a hot second because <laughs> you're blessed. Right. Um, but, yes, so that's why they did it the way they did it and why they had to do it so slowly. Well, yeah, you don't want to just go in you there and start cranking if that they, thing. If they did what they did but faster, it right. could have torn the mm-hmm. tissue. Yeah. And tearing and cutting are basically the same thing. Same thing. I still would have lost. Trauma. Ex- exactly. <laughs> I would still call it crazy. A more severe trauma than <laughs> the trauma you already trauma, went through. Right. <laughs> and so that was how I spent my senior year after I turned 18. So I, my birthday's in December. So I turned 18 in December right before my final I actually took my finals early and yeah. then I had my surgery over winter break and I was in the hospital all of winter break oh my gosh and then I went back to school <laughs> I shouldn't have gone back to school but I went back to school first day I was like okay I'm ready so post surgery was the hardest I had to have this like 
dilator, but it was like a glass pill, like, I don't know, like uh, two inches and huh. maybe like half an inch, long, like long wide, right, whatever. Yeah. And that, well, I call it my retainer, if you will, <laughs> because the purpose of it is to not let the tissue close, close back up. yeah. Because our bodies will naturally be like, this is not where I'm not supposed normal, to be. Yeah. I need to go back to where I was. Just like any other piercing, God, if you <laughs> Things will. like that, yes. <laughs> you know, creating holes in your body is fine. <laughs> so I had to keep that in. Yeah. Like, I, I would... Uh, equivalent it to Kegels, I guess. Yeah. Like, or just I, casually at school, it's fine. Casually at school, <laughs> and I basically had to adjust it every time I would sit or stand, it would like slip out. Oh no. And so, like, what am I just supposed to like shove my hand down my pants yeah. every day? Like, like I can't excuse do that. me, hold on. Yeah, my, I'm let like, me. Don't mind me. <laughs> so, I had like an infinite bathroom pass because they were super strict on like going to right. the bathroom in high school. Yeah. And I don't know what my mom said to the front office, but they <laughs> were under the impression no one was ever to ask me questions. I was just here, I need a new sticker. They gave me a new sticker. Right. Problem solved. My That's teachers it. didn't ask, like, if I said I had to go, they let me go. Right. Bless everyone's hearts. Thank you so much. Yes. <laughs> um, but it was really stressful, and it was difficult. And then after that, I had to dilate more. So, like, mm-hmm. the surgery allowed the dilation. Right. And my doctor said to me, had I tried to even, like, have sex prior to the surgery, mm-hmm. he said it would have been, like, trying to penetrate my thigh. Ouch. Like, not possible. You're like... like not humanly possible. Fun. And I remember looking at my mom in the room and being like, and you thought I was a yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I No. <laughs> Nothing can even oh, go there. What do you god. think? Yeah. Oh my gosh. So that is just the surgery aspect of it. The more difficult part, because I'm very open and like I think science is great. I think right. medicine is cool. The more we know. I feel like it's fascinating. I'm not like ashamed or embarrassed about that. The and you difficult be. part is the fact that I can't have my own children. And I say that loosely because science is cool. There are things out there. Um, I mean, naturally, normally, just like you right. know, yeah. it is not something that my body clearly was not made for. Right. And I feel like as a woman, that's one of the things that is such a natural, like, no one even thinks about it. And that's what frustrates me. Like, mm-hmm. even at work, I have, like, coworkers always talking about, like, oh, well, when I'm pregnant. And I'm like, yeah. because you can be pregnant. Because, and that's yeah. just natural and easy for you. Oh, like, my gosh. And it's not something I I get super upset about with them, but it, it just makes me sad. Yeah, it just hurts you internally. And it's not, they're not doing it on purpose. No. They don't know. They, oh, and they And it's don't just know. so hard because you don't want to be like, that offends me. You know what I mean? Like, I and, am offended. Like, can we not talk about pregnancy? just for one day and right <laughs> and I feel like we're at that age too where oh, it's like all our friends are married they're getting like pregnant they're having it's, kids blah 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 really and it's so in my life right yeah <laughs> and I feel like once it's something that you think about it's like something that always is in the back of your mind yeah like, like me my you body the other day about how you saw a pregnant woman at the store or something and yes. you just started crying oh Every day, I am like, you're pushing your baby in a stroller and you're so cute and I'll never be that. And then there's a mom with a pregnant belly and I... I, The pregnant belly is like, I legit am like, oh my God, I would have the cutest little belly bump. And then I look at myself when I'm bloated in the mirror and I go... (laughs) Is this what you would have looked like? What you my, be? my body? You teasing me like this? I'm like, it's just a Chipotle burrito. It's, it's fine. 
<laughs> my food babies are my babies. Yeah. We take good care of each other. But yes, it's very difficult. And I had a roommate tell me once because I was really struggling with it one day. And I don't even remember why we were talking about it. But she said, it's okay to mourn the loss of something you've never had. Yeah, I completely agree. And that hit me so hard because I feel like I have this shame of feeling guilty for feeling upset about someone else because I'm like, I'm looking at you and you're having this baby moment Mm -hmm. and I'm not angry or upset or resentful towards you. And I almost want to use the word jealous, but I'm not even jealous. I'm upset that I can't... Can't do it. Can't do it. You'll and never it, have that moment. And it's very, like, unclear for me because it sounds like jealousy. I'm like, you have what I want and I can't right. have it. So yes. to me, I'm, like, jealous. But it's when she phrased it like that, like, I'm mourning the loss of something I never even had. Yeah. And never will have in right. that way. And mm-hmm. I understand, like, there's surrogacy, there's adoption. Yes. But I want... But you want to experience to it. have that. With your body. Mm-hmm. Oh, I cry about it all the... That's what... Oh, that's why I... Yes. And it comes in, like, random times. Like, legit, when you saw that. And I was, like... I just saw this girl with her baby bump, and she, like, had her hand on her belly. You know they always, like, are touching yeah. their belly. And I'm just, like, oh, my God, that's so cute. Like, I will never experience that mm-hmm. with my own body. So hard. And then you just, like... It hits you, and you're, like holy shit, like, I'll never have, like, I'll never be, like, there's something moving, like, I hear it, you know, it's kicking, it's, like, that is something that I've always wanted, like, even, and I, such a random memory, but when I was, like, six or seven years old, like, just, just lost my mom, and I remember thinking, like, I am missing out on this mother-daughter relationship, and I can't wait to have that. (laughs) Yeah. And then, like, I was six years old. And so, like, I always, I was such, like, I'm going to play house. I'm going to be a good mom. I'm going to be a mom. I'm going to play with my baby dolls. I'm going to take care of it. And that's the thing. Like, I love to take care of people. Right. And so, I was like, I can't wait to do that and to have that bond. And, like, I love my Mm stepmom. But I've always felt like, wow, I'm missing out Mm -hmm. on, like, I watch my friends and their moms. Like, even you and your mom. Like, you guys are so close. And I'm Mm -hmm. like, I've always wanted that bond of, like, A mother and a daughter just know or like a mother and mm-hmm. a son like there's something yeah. unexplainable about it that I want my body to understand and to explain to mm-hmm. me like this is what love is and so it's been so hard watching like all my friends get pregnant and have mm-hmm. kids and it was even hard like when my friends were young and like not intentionally having kids right yeah and then that's and it's like, like oh you can just get pregnant on accident and have this baby that you don't even know Yes. If you're sure you can handle right now, right. you know, and, and that's like, yeah, wow, that's definitely something triggering. Yeah. Yes, it's hard, and it's something that someone brought Angelina actually brought up to me. Um, she was asking me how I was doing, and I was like, you know what bothers me day to day? That's so frustrating because I'm like, all right, I get it. I can't have like I know I know this about myself, mm-hmm. but it keeps popping up in my head, and I'm angry at myself for it. Yeah. And she said that to me. She was like, you sound angry. Yeah. And I was like, because I am. I'm pissed off. Because you're mad. You because you can't Because my have body it. can't do yeah. the one thing I feel like it should do. Oh, I went through a whole thing. When we were getting married, we did one of those, like, premarital workbook things. We didn't actually go to, like, the church and do the counseling. But we, I did want Jared and I to go through the books because I'm like... I have issues, like, <laughs> obviously, things you need there's to things know we need to, like, talk about before we commit to this, because I'm, like, 
once you're married, I mean, my parents went through a nasty divorce, and I'm like, mm-hmm. I never want that. Like, you're my best friend. We can always work it out. It'll whatever. But we both have to be committed and wake up every day like, I love you. We're going to get through this. Let's figure out what's going on. Mm-hmm. And so I remember going through the chapter of, like, having kids and all this stuff, and I just felt so heartbroken. I would oh. cry. Like, the whole week I cried oh. because I'm like, how, as a woman, like, you feel like that's your one. That's your job. That's your job. Like, mm-hmm. you you have kids, and you take care of your family, and you love them, and you, mm-hmm. like, you create this little life. And, like, if I can't do that without, you know, like, then what's my worth is what I was going yes, through. Yes, it's so, it's so I'm tied like, into what's, my worth. what's my worth if I can't be a mom? I can't produce children that are our children. Mm-hmm. And I know he struggled with that, too, because he's like, well, I want to have my own kids, you know. I want to have our kids. Yeah. And I'm like, my body will not. I cannot wow. tolerate it. Like, yeah. I live in pain on a daily basis. My hips are dislocating. Like, my, I have so many issues. And they're, my doctor's like, I hate to tell you this, but, like, do not. It's not in your best interest to get pregnant. Like, I possibly could get pregnant, but the physical toll that it's going to mm. take on my body will leave me in a wheelchair after. Yeah. And it's like, I don't want to do that. If I want kids, then either we'll right. go through surrogacy or we'll adopt. And then that way I can still be active. I don't want to put my body through that to be crippled the rest of my life you know like worse than I'm already off right now yeah so it just definitely I feel like it's not talked about because people are so like sweep it under the rug it's fine cry about it at night vulnerable thing for women right people and I've had friends lately I've had two people that I know in my life that have had miscarriages and that's another thing that Mm -hmm. is very misspoken about And it happens so often. And I feel like that's another thing that women feel all this shame for, of, like, my body couldn't do this. Couldn't do it, yeah. And it should have. And I, I feel like I connect to that in a way, but at the mm-hmm. same time, I'm like, I don't understand what you just went through, but I understand that I can't have right. a child. The grief. And, I, and, yes, I understand the grief, and I understand the lack of ability. Right. Because that's how I feel. And just infertility in general yeah. is such a topic that people, like, don't talk about. I know. And it's crazy to me how prevalent it is mm-hmm. in our lives all the time. Yeah. And how hard that is. And, oh, it breaks my heart. I know. Because even when I meet people and they, like, like, I picture that I will have kids in the future. Right. I don't really know how or why. It'll but happen. But I'm like, I will be a mom, 100%. Yes. I will be a mom to someone. But when I meet people and, like, having to tell them that, it's so hard and I feel instantly like they don't want me they could why would anyone want me over someone who could have their baby right or like naturally have their baby because not only that the financial burden Burden. oh my gosh tell me about it I was just talking to my friend who she just went through IVF Mm -hmm. and I'm so happy for her and her husband um she has pots too actually I just shared your podcast really oh my gosh listen to my friend because (laughs) she talks about chronic illness Um, And so she did IVF, and so we were talking about it, and I was saying how, um, what was I talking about? (laughs) (laughs) Brain fog, brain fog. Because it's so financially hard, and I was like, people talk about like, oh, well, you could just do a surrogacy. You... You could just, you could do, just do it. Do oh, yeah. You, I'm sorry. Do you have thousands of dollars? It's so expensive. It? And guess what? It's not guaranteed. It's not. You, they, what did she tell me? When she did hers, I think they had like 30 to start. Mm-hmm. She finished with seven. 
Oh my gosh. And that's good. Right. There's people who do it. They go through the whole process, the hormone injections, mm -hmm. the retrieval, the leading up to it, all of it. Yeah. And then get nothing. Mm -hmm. And then even if you have embryos that are fertilized and healthy and good to go, you can still miscarriage. Right. You can still not. The transfer process it is just not. always work. Mm -hmm. And that terrifies me. Right. Knowing that like not only am I going to be over the top, like I want to have my own baby. And so there's um, uterine transplant surgeries being done. <coughs> $500,000. Yeah. Is fine. How is that? Pull that out of my yeah. pocket. Yeah. And that's if you have 10 frozen and fertilized embryos to be a part of this Thing. surgery, procedure, right. whatever. 10 frozen and fertilized embryos. She just did it and had 30 and ended with seven. Right. How am I supposed to magically get 10? Right. And also afford that. Yes. And that's the other thing. I, I just posted about this the other, like, a couple weeks ago on Facebook. I'm like, how, like, you see the stories of, like, these immigrant kids in cages. And I'm like, I will drive my ass down to the border and, like, pick a horde of them and bring them and love them as my own children. Yes. Like, I just don't understand because it's the processes are insane. Like, the IVF, the surrogacy. Like, I've done so much re research on surrogacy. Like, I literally made Jared a PowerPoint because I'm like, this is – he's a numbers. Like, he's a presentation kind of guy. Here's my data. And I'm like, here's my data. Here's the graph. We need, like, $160,000 to, like, pay for the surrogates' medical expenses, their living expenses, their this, 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 all of the doctor's appointments, oh. all these things. We need to put them on our health insurance. And it's, like, insane. But then – People are like, well, why don't you just foster through the system? The system's even harder to get into sometimes. It's, we also talked about that because I was yes. like, yeah, then people, my biggest pet peeve is when people find out like, oh, you can't have, like, oh, you don't have a uterus, you can't get pregnant. Like, so you're going to adopt? And I'm like, mm, uh, maybe. Maybe, like, yeah. <laughs> don't, don't tell me how to live my life. Yeah. Thanks. And I'm not against adoption. I'm totally for it. But right. I've seen people go through, you know, Tessa. Yeah how hard of a process that is yeah how and expensive she, of a her, process that is right so our friend tessa for those of you listening we, she, we know tessa she um has a baby she had a baby really traumatic pregnancy all kinds of things went wrong so she had her baby they're healthy um everything's going good but they want to have another kid right so they're going through the adoption process they finally got matched but the journey to get there like the financial burden it's been like two years in the yeah, making two years of them fundraising and it's like fundraising. still not completely paid it's insane like i was looking at it and the minimum is like 40 grand ish yeah. And you have to get home studies done. They look at your financials. They look at this, this, that. And, and then, and you then can down go the street, all of it, and it still isn't. Guaranteed. Yeah, and then you still don't get matched. From, exactly. Yeah. So it's so difficult. Ugh, I know. <laughs> and like my my mom passed from cancer. My dad was diagnosed with cancer the year I was diagnosed with MRKH. Mm -hmm. And so I found that out actually after. So I found out I had no uterus. Uh, what? spring of 2013 yeah going into my senior year then my dad my senior year in august was diagnosed with cancer and i've always had this like weird like self-pity party of like i right. lost my mom like my life kind of sucked blah mm -hmm. blah blah and like i would say towards high school i was like over it you know but like growing up that was like that was the most earth-shattering thing right. in my life and the fear of losing both parents mm -hmm. to cancer I can't even imagine. 
I thought the world was a joke. I was yeah. like, this can't be serious. Why? Yeah, why is this happening to me? Like, I can't have kids. Siri, we're not talking to you. <laughs> oh, God. Thanks, Siri. I said serious. <laughs> That's funny. <laughs> I just, it didn't make sense to me. And that was the hardest thing for me to be like, <clears throat> I'm going through such like this weird transition period of my life mm-hmm. and I'm watching my dad fight for his life through right. his cancer and like god he needed to fight because I would not be okay Without if him. he wasn't here and he is here just for the record <laughs> um like six seven years remission I think so I don't know yeah do math but beautiful he's still great um however our insurance because of his chemo and mm-hmm. his radiation we met our medical deductible and my surgery was free <gasps> nice oh my gosh I didn't I didn't even know what a blessing how expensive my procedure oh. would have been so these girls that I met afterwards um I got like connected onto this Facebook group of a group of women who also don't have a uterus and they talk about all these different things and right sometimes it's just a cool place to vent and other times it's more like technical like hey I need advice on this thing or like I'm trying right. to do this you know and I found so many girls fundraising GoFundMe's they I can't have my surgery yet my parents and I are still trying to save up and figure out oh if I'm going to go to college or if I'm going to have a working vagina for the rest of my life isn't that insane and I felt awful and I was like I didn't even know it's like I think my just the medical like me staying at Mayo Clinic right for two weeks oh astronomical more than my college degree. Right. The uh, For the something that you were born without, like something that Right. And so like, I had to word it. And the other thing too <clears throat> is that it can be <clears throat> it can be seen as cosmetic, not necessity. Really? So you're like my insurance and the way that the hospital worded it, it was like I remember them having like a meeting and like sitting down and being right, like how they're gonna get it covered. This is how it will be covered by your insurance because we are phrasing it this way, X, right. Y, and Z. But there are insurances that don't cover it because mm-hmm. it's seen as unnecessary right. cosmetic surgery. It's an elective an elective. Right. Yeah. Oh, I've had issues with that with the insurance before too. And I'm like, what about like Okay, I just... <laughs> yeah, like, yeah, I elected to not have my uterus. It's fine. And now I want to go through this process. Right. For I'm fun. Like, it's fine. I'm not becoming... I don't know. <laughs> it's just... It's frustrating. But that, like... God, I wouldn't wish cancer upon a parent ever in my life. But yeah. thank God he's okay. And also the timing. It was just such a weird, like... Right. Why did that happen the way it happened? Everything was going on at the same time. Everything happened the way it needed to happen because everything happens for a reason, right? Right. And so part of me, I remember talking to my dad about it. We don't talk about this often, me and my dad. Yeah. Um, We have, like, a mutual respect. Like, I remember he was recovering. He couldn't see me in the hospital very much because he was so compromised with his immune system. Um, But I remember one day, like... I was just recovering, like, laying in his bed, and he was laying next to me, and we were watching TV, and he kind of, like, didn't know how to ask me how I was doing without being, like, I don't really want to talk to you about it, but, like... Dad talking about girl issues. How are you doing? How's it going over there? Are you feeling okay? (laughs) And I was like, yeah, Dad, we don't need to talk about it. It's okay, but I'm good. Like, how are you? And um, I just think that he... uh, We have this mutual understanding. And so the only other time we've talked about it, um, I was telling him how I was frustrated. Like recently, like within Mm -hmm. the last year, I was like, 
it's just frustrating watching everyone get pregnant and knowing that I won't be able to. Mm-hmm. And my poor, my poor dad, he was like, well, you know, if you're, cause I said, I realized in therapy actually that part of why I'm so frustrated is that I feel like I want to bring like, so I don't have my mom anymore and right. I wish I'm like, what if I had a daughter and it was like the spitting image of her or like, mm-hmm. what if I could bring a, a child of your in mom back. and bring a piece of her mm-hmm. because she's still a part of me very much so. And right. so I'm like, you know, and my mm-hmm. dad goes, well, you know, your brother can still have kids. And I was like, <gasps> dad, you're missing the point. <laughs> <laughs> Oh my gosh. Uh, I was like, okay, if we're going to talk about jealousy, then yeah, I'm going to be jealous if my brother has a daughter and it looks like my mom. Mom, uh, my gosh. But he and I agreed that, yes, everything is supposed to happen for a reason. Yeah. And I said, part of me is like, these were the cards that I was dealt. My body was created this way by the grace of God for whatever reason. (laughs) For whatever reason, yeah. And so if me going through all of this trouble and like procedures and trying to create something that wasn't made inside mm-hmm. of me is that just like going against like I feel like I'm just like disobeying like he's like I made you this way for a reason right and I go I'm gonna make myself this way and he goes yep. but I made you this way for, for a, reason. a reason just not sure yet. just wait right and I say I'm the most impatient person and so I'm right. like I want to know why tell me why show me why mm-hmm and I don't think I'm going to get that answer just yet. And my dad was like, I think you're right. I think, yes, yeah, science is cool, but I think that's extreme. Mm-hmm. I think putting putting someone else's uterus inside of you to have a child. And so many complications, I'm sure. So many. And it's still a study. It's not even a procedure you can just like sign up for. It's right. a case study. Because once you have a uterus that's not yours... You have to take anti-rejection drugs. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and so your body doesn't. They don't know, and they're limiting your pregnancy to two babies, and then they're removing the uterus. Oh, really? So not only do you have to be a match for a uterus, you then have to accept the uterus. Your body needs to mm-hmm. accept it. You then need to re-inject the IVF. You have to go through IVF. Yeah, separately. Sh- I was gonna say. Yeah, then I'm sure you it's need a to process. re-inject the IVF. Your body needs to take one of the eggs create like actually get pregnant Mm -hmm. you need to survive the nine months pregnant right then you have to have a c-section because uh it's a one-way exit down there Mm -hmm. that doesn't connect so then the baby still needs to survive the pregnancy you still need to survive the pregnancy and then they don't know the effects that the anti-rejection drugs would have on the baby baby. oh it's just so scary and so yeah no that makes sense like everything happens for a reason like maybe just don't force it yeah, I'm like, so maybe I just need to, like, what if I meet the man of my dreams and he has, I don't know, he's widowed and has a daughter or a son or yeah. five children. I don't know. And I'm like the perfect match of a mom for them. Who yeah. knows? I don't. Who knows? And you could meet someone who falls madly in love with you. And I know you, like. <laughs> someone, please. Someone. Hello. Danny's available. <laughs> tell your brothers. <laughs> tell your cousins. Make sure they're nice, though. Tell them I poop in the <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> Make I sure they're okay with um, other chronic illness people because they'll know the lifestyle. It's fine. Um, no, but I just think that that's so true. And I feel like I kind of go through the same thing where I'm like, okay, this is happening for a reason. Like, don't force it. And, yes, it's so hard <sighs> because I – see my friends with kids all the time like even one of my best friends she has two kids now and she's like 
oh, we only wanted two, but now I think we want three. And I'm just like, cool, give me one. Must be nice. You yeah. know, I'm like, can you grow one for me? And then just I always <laughs> joke about that with friends when they're like, yeah, we're thinking of. I'm like, yeah, can you like throw one in for me too? Yeah. It's like, when I'm like, can food, you get, I'm like, can you add an can extra? Can you add one? an extra chicken nugget in the oven? Can you, can you just add another one in there? I'm right. like, if you can just get pregnant with twins and then just give me one, we'll be good. Yeah, right. Or if I can just like adopt newborn baby twins, it's fine. But, oh such yeah. a process I just started listening to this pod the podcast I was listening to on my way over here it was about like self-love and acceptance mm-hmm. and how like you can recognize that you are not where you want to be but loving where you're at and kind of I don't know it was very relatable to like I know that like I can't have kids mm-hmm. and that's something that I I struggle with accepting yes of me and like when Angelina was telling me like you're angry I have so much anger and resentment towards this area of my body and I think that also is part of the problem why I have all these digestive issues because I just hold such negative Mm -hmm. energy there because I'm shamed right by it and so trying to working on this but like trying to allow myself to be okay with like I this is what I my little mantra Mm -hmm. I love my body for everything it is and everything that it is not preach Preach, girl. Amen to that. Because that is, it is out of my control. Right. I cannot change it. I need to accept that that is not what it'll be, but I can still love what it does for me. You can still love yourself and love your life. You just have to accept that. Exactly. Yeah. And the amount of people that I can relate to because of everything that I've gone through, Mm -hmm. which is a huge part of why I like helping people. Right. Because... I feel like I've been through the ringer with losing loved ones, with watching people go through chronic illness, with terminal illness, mm-hmm. with infertility, yeah, digestive issues. Just the whole... <laughs> I feel like my rainbow is brown. Yes. And it's just knowing that life can suck, but it can get better. And being able to help people see that and recognize that. Yes. Is what I live for. And that's you. That is you. You're always so uplifting, even on your bad days. Danny wakes up, puts a smile on her face. She's a trooper and she inspires all of us. So I want to say thank you so, so much for coming in today, talking about all these fun things, vulnerable things, ridiculous things that people don't want to talk about. That's basically what I'm just trying to do. Just like... Let people know it's okay to talk about things. Yeah. You know, be vulnerable. You can come to us. Find us on Instagram. Find us wherever and just reach out. This is the real life right here. The real life. Thank you so much for having me. Of course. This is so fun. <laughs> All right. Love you. Love you. Bye.